Welcome, everybody. Ears up in depth. Episode number 40, which is uh, amazing to me, Jeremy, that we've been doing this for 40 episodes. And I also feel like I think it's amazing every single number. I think every number to me just amazes me that we're doing this still. Everyone's a, a big surprise to you? Everyone is a giant surprise. Yeah, and I don't know why. We're the big 4-0 now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Congratulations to us. And, uh, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We have a lot of cool news to talk about. Uh, as Disney parks open, uh, you know, at least in California, there's a lot of information coming out. And uh, some new stuff that happened, I think, even just yesterday. So this is sort of hot off the presses for us. And uh, I'm ready to get into it. But, Jeremy, why don't you have uh, some updates go first, huh? I'll have some updates go first. All right. Um, well, Jason, I know that you are not mad keen on the idea of visiting China. No, I'm not. I've I, don't, heard, I don't need to do that in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. Um, but what I'm about to say may entice you. Okay. Because as U.S. park operations slowly return to normal, of course, with Disneyland's reopening imminent, Shanghai Disneyland, which was the first Disney park to reopen during the pandemic, is moving full steam ahead, it seems. The park, which this year is celebrating its fifth anniversary, which I think is hard to believe that Shanghai has been around for five years already. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing, man. It, does, it seems maybe like two years. Two years seems right. fine. Everything seems like two years to me, though, right now. <laughs> right. Like one year is just gone. Yeah. This show seems like two years. This, <laughs> I think we've been doing this three. Oh, man. Um, this week... They launched a brand new nighttime spectacular. Oh. In honor of that fifth anniversary. It's called Illuminate, a nighttime celebration. <laughs> okay. So you can insert insert numerous uh Chinese knockoff jokes here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just funny because they had illuminations. Uh-huh. At, and then the Disneyland Paris Castle show was called Illuminations. And now Shanghai has illuminate. So we're really getting our miles worth out of the word illuminate. <laughs> Though the parks in Orlando have been open since last July, they have continued to operate without their usual array of parades and nighttime spectaculars. Ostensibly, the lack of full parades and nighttime shows has been to encourage social distancing. Uh, crowds do tend to assemble rather closely along Main Street and in the hub for these shows. However, Universal Orlando has seen a return of its nighttime fountain show, Cinematic Celebration. Oh. So other parks are coming online. Um, that's very similar to World of Color. In fact, I went to Universal a couple weeks ago and I saw it and I was like, this looks like World of Color. That's amazing. And wow, how come they get to have nighttime spectaculars and over here at Disney World? We don't. <laughs> um, and Shanghai Disneyland has been showing its original nighttime show, Ignite the Dream. For many months, oh, um, they didn't start it right away when they reopened, but it wasn't long after they reopened that they just said, well, let's do nighttime spectaculars too. Um, now with the arrival of the fifth anniversary, the new nighttime show has begun. It started a couple nights ago. The new show utilizes projection mapping, pyrotechnics, flames, fountains, lasers, and lighting to create an all-new immersive nighttime experience, according to the Disney Parks blog. The show, in typical Disney style, is... Pretty much what you'd expect. <laughs> okay. I would love it. You would. It's a hodgepodge <laughs> of Disney movie IP, such as Moana, Tangled, Mulan, Frozen. Although, I don't know if we should be happy about it or not, but they didn't use Let It Go. Oh, I feel like they they've let on. it go. They're, they let it go. Yeah. They finally let it go. They used um, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2, which... I don't know if that's an upgrade. <laughs> I feel like if they didn't just play out, let it go for so long and so often, then I would agree. But Into the Unknown is, well, except for that last part where she goes, ah, where she screams even louder than before. Um, I think it's a better song overall. But uh, any look, any anything to take a break from let it go. 
Well, that's the problem. I think it's like they beat us to death, beat us over the head with something so long that we're thirsty. We'll take anything that they, <laughs> comes along the pike next, even if it's worse. And by the way, who heard Let It Go and said, let's write a song for Adina Menzel that goes even higher. <laughs> right. like, whose idea was that? More power. We need more power for her. Yeah, that's um, weird, man. The big departure, however, is this is the first Castle show to feature a segment dedicated to Marvel. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and I have to say, as someone who grew up with and is more accustomed to my castle shows featuring the likes of Jiminy Cricket, Aladdin, Snow White, and Cinderella, it was a little jarring to see the Hulk, Captain America, and Superman projected onto a fairy tale castle and <laughs> juxtaposed with the Tangled sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, um, I get that. It was also the second Tangled sequence in the show, I might, na- I might add. I don't know why uh, they couldn't just leave well enough alone that they came back with more Tangled. Um, Do you think they sort of primed the pump um, with, with these nighttime shows? So maybe they, they put in two segments of Tangled because see how audience reacts. And then in six months, they're planning on doing a Tangled show or like two years. May- maybe we'll do a Tangled ride. Well, let's, let's throw some more scenes here and see if people care or not. Instead of just directly surveying people. Do you think it's, you know, like that? No, I don't think they, I don't think they care at all, mm. which is why I think we have two tangled scenes in the same <laughs> show. I mean, okay. All right. If you're looking for music from any classic Disney movie or anything from the Disney Renaissance, like The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Pocahontas, Cinderella, Snow White, Pinocchio, you know, those Look elsewhere. They're not here. You will, however, see Groot <laughs> on your Fantasyland castle. Uh, this show is completely lacking any sort of heart or whimsy. And from what I could tell from the video, its pyrotechnics are lackluster at best. I think that is owing to... So there's this thing. If you go to Disneyland Paris, they have a nighttime show. It's very similar. And they only use, there's kind of two kinds of fireworks. They have the low-level ones that kind of launch off the castle and don't go very high. And then they have the ones that they launch from like outside of the park, you know, way back behind Small World that go way up high. Mm -hmm. You'll find a lot of these these parks, like Disney, a lot, Disneyland Paris and Shanghai. Well, I know this is true for Disneyland Paris because it's so closely surrounded by neighborhoods and villages and things like that. There's local sound ordinances that prevent them from firing off pyrotechnics that cause too much noise or go too high in the sky. Um, I think that might be what's happening here in Shanghai and why they don't really use any real high in the sky, loud, big, uh, percussive Hmm. fireworks. Percussive. Uh, Nice. Percussive. Nice came to me uh but the show features a brand new theme song called light is in you written by british composer tom fletcher if you want to take a listen to that what it is about me but like i just i don't know i wouldn't stand there and watch and listen to this it just doesn't sound very exciting right i mean you you generally don't like the shows anyway yeah yeah but this even more so i don't know it's it was more like an awards show song (laughs) than like a spectacular song I, i i do feel that a lot of these things um are sort of cookie cutter where it's okay, yeah. here they're formulaic. Where we want we want a fast paced show at I don't know what 120 B- BPM or whatever it is, right? Mm. We want this, you know, and like they, I think they, it feels it feels they put it together that way. Uh, we want a fast paced show. We want a medium paced show, and then it's just sort of like, well, here's the same song that sort of sounds different, but it also sounds like every song you've heard on the radio in the last five years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think that there's too much pop influence in it. 
that it be, does become washed out. It doesn't feel special right. to Disney. It just yeah. feels like anything, Yeah, um, which is a shame. But uh, I, I mean, I'm happy they're doing a nighttime spectacular. If you watch the video, you guys can find it on YouTube. Um, it does feel like they kind of just went, they like, like there's lights, there's pyro, there's fun. It's like, it's everything all at once. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know, maybe, you know, just because you have everything in your arsenal doesn't mean you need to use all of it. Maybe <laughs> concentrate on telling the story rather than just, you know, going, you know, going heave ho with every, uh, every technology you have all at once. And then yeah. this pop music. So anyway. That's what's happening. Celebrating five years in Shanghai Disneyland with a lackluster nighttime spectacular. Wow. Uh, Chris in the chat says that uh, can we have a Hulk? We have the Hulk sing Let It Go. That would be good. I would uh, see if I, be maybe if they did something creative like that, I could get on board. <laughs> right. Or maybe like when you've heard Let It Go too many times, you turn into the Hulk, which is kind of how I feel like I get so enraged that I just become big and mean. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Hulk smash vocal cords of woman. <laughs> well, uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you've heard this, uh, but recently Disneyland president Josh DeMauro announced that Disney has created a real working lightsaber. I have read this? heard this. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand. And I keep hearing, I feel like the last time they came up with lightsabers, <laughs> it was like, ah, they made lightsabers. And then I'm like, I see them. I'm like, that's not a beam of light. And I was like, no, no, this time we really did it. <laughs> yeah, because it's either just the hilt or then it's the the um you know the the one where you like sort of fling it out and it just telescopes out and then it lights up and you're like, okay, there's a lightsaber, cool. And then there's the one that like the blade is permanently out that looks like a some sort of like fluorescent light bulb that's just colored and just you know, those are like the two hundred fifty dollar ones that people had to buy, like carrying right. cases for. Yes, and then they'd walk around Disneyland with this two hundred fifty dollar light source on their back in a canvas bag. It's like, what are you guys? What are you doing? What's, anyway, well, none of those were lightsabers, real lightsabers, right? Uh, Josh Tomorrow says that they've made a real working lightsaber, and he was even showing it off at a presentation for cast members. There's no video for this, and there were no photos allowed, but that didn't stop the world and the internet, especially, from taking Josh's words literally and announcing that this was, in fact, a real working lightsaber. Narrator voice. It wasn't a real working lightsaber. But it was a fully retractable toy version of one, and that's about as close, I think, as we're going to get in this timeline to a real working lightsaber. Back in 2018, Disney filed for a patent on such a design, and now it looks like that's coming to fruition. So I looked up just how this new lightsaber technology works, and it's entirely simple. Like, it's way too simple to actually, like, be a thing that nobody's ever thought about before. The patent says, quote, sword device with retractable, internally illuminated blade. And that's exactly what we're getting. Think of it this way. You have a tube. Right. And inside that tube are two large slap bracelets. Do you remember slap bracelets, Jeremy? Are you old enough to remember, remember slap bracelets? Yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> I don't know why the magic band isn't a slap bracelet. It drives me crazy. I have to fumble around with this little nub and get it through a hole I can't see. <laughs> yes. Just give me a slap bracelet. Same, dude. Um, they're spooled at the bottom. So you have two large slap bracelets that are spooled up at the bottom of this tube, right? And they're positioned so that they form one half of a circle each, right? So it's not like a true slap bracelet. It's more of a concave. It's more concave. So you, you, see. you So here's the slap bracelet. You put them together, and it would make yep. a circle, right, with the two things. So uh, you put them together, and you have a cylinder. A motor activates the spools, and the slappers start to push up through the tube, sitting in between the two slappers, which is my term for slap bracelet because I don't want to say bracelet all the time. Uh, in between the two slappers is a spool of LED lighting, and on top of the tube is a flat cap. You follow? So as the slappers rise up, they form the cylinder shape, and then they drag that spool of LED lights on it, uh, enabling the tube to light up like a lightsaber. That's effectively what they've created. Someone online, I forget the, the name, made um, like a 3D animation of this concept. And it's, I mean, it's exceedingly simple. According to the patent, the lightsaber's blade consists of two spools of translucent material that lie flat when fully wound like a tape measure inside its reel. 
and that's it. You hit the button. They uh, when when they start to unravel, they form into the into the cylinder shape, and then they meet up on the sides, and there you go. It pulls up the LED sl- um, you know rope or whatever, and it lights it up. So cool. Yeah, that was it. Very simple, very very short, but it. <laughs> And of course, everybody knows, of course, it's not a real working lightsaber, but nothing drives me batty more than seeing these articles all over the internet. The real working lightsaber. No, it's not a real working lightsaber. It's not. Can, can, <laughs> we, just, can we just call it something else? It's not a real working lightsaber. Stop it. Yeah, they could just say we've made a more realistic lightsaber. But I want to know, like, what about all the Stutzes who pay $250 for that thing? And it's- now are they like, oh... That's exactly what I thought too, because it was you know a couple years ago. I don't know when this is going to be um, available for the public to purchase. Um, I don't even know that it's going to be a toy. I imagine it will at some point, but I would think that they're probably going to be using it um, in shows, stuff like that. Oh, but they First. have to sell it. I, I think they will eventually, but I I I would imagine. They would be using it to get butts in seats for shows and maybe some interactive shows like the uh, the Jedi Academy they used to do. I don't know if they still do it anymore, um, right. or if they will when when the park opens up, rather. But you know, stuff like that, some more audience participation things. Like imagine like the Mickey's Magical Map, but your eight year old can go wield one of these lightsabers. I think that would be cool. It's more incentive to get people to go to the shows instead of just going and buying one for one hundred and fifty dollars or whatever they're going to charge. Right. There you go. That's it. Well, it wouldn't be 2020 or 2021 if we weren't, didn't talk a little bit about COVID. Yeah, correct. Yeah, which so is my favorite segment. The COVID. What's that? It's Sorry. my favorite segment. I love it. Your I love favorite. COVID. <laughs> it's yeah. the COVID segment. Yeah. Uh, we do have some COVID news. Uh, Disney is slowly beginning to relax its mask requirements, it seems. Oh, good. I love it. I knew you would love this one. The parks... <laughs> Announced last week, guests would no longer be required to keep their masks on while taking photographs. Okay. So that's been a big one. Um, even if you're standing distanced, you know, in front of Spaceship Earth, you want to take your picture or in front of the castle, you have to keep your mask on. I wonder, um, I wonder if that policy was mainly for just PR. So people don't post photos of themselves at the parks with no mask, and then people think that there's no mask, and they go, but other people are doing it. Here's photos. Right. You know what I mean? Because it is sort of like, like you're saying, if you're distanced and you're with your own group, shouldn't matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can go five steps away and eat a sandwich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Or it could be for the, like, the bloggers, right, or the vloggers or whatever, where, well, I'm going to take my mask off and hold my phone up and then walk around, and, you know, I got to talk. I'm taking a picture. Right. Yeah. It could be. It's an interesting theory. I think you're probably right. Thanks, man. Um, signage throughout the park instructing guests to keep their masks in place while posing for photos, as well as the in-park announcements that play every so often have been updated to reflect the change. Up until now, it was a requirement to stay masked while getting a picture taken and removing your mask could result in expulsion from the park. Yeah. Disney was even at one point adding in fake digital masks to the on-ride photos that people were getting taken. So if you were on Splash Mountain, for example, and you, yeah. you got your picture going down and you didn't have your uh, mask on, they would slap one on your face for you. See, and I think that's for, for PR purposes, but then also you don't, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's more conditioning people to think that mask wearing is more commonplace and you just sort of get used to it. Maybe it's a combination of both or maybe I've, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking too hard about it. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but it's over. But also under COVID headlines, Walt Disney World began offering the Pfizer vaccine to cast members and Disney World employees this past week. Um, They've been available on a limited basis due to supply um, issues with cast members able to make appointments for the vaccine online. Um, And just last week, Local 362 Union, which represents Disney World workers, says that Disney World will pay cast members for up to four hours of work if they have to miss part of their shift due to getting the vaccine. Damn. Um, If a vaccine conflicts with a cast member's schedule, um, not only will they pay them, but Disney World will not record any um, attendance notations in their 
personnel file. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so that's yeah. great. Uh, the vaccines are available to both working and furloughed cast members. So even if you are in the Orlando area, but in furloughed, but you want to get uh, the vaccine, um, you can still stop by and get that. The That's eligibility nice. to receive a COVID vaccine in Florida is now age 16 and over for the Pfizer shot and 18 and over for the other two. Um, so lots of people heading out to get their vaccines. We hope um, I will be getting mine on Wednesday, my first really? one. Really? Yes. All right. Do you know which kind? Pfizer? Pfizer. Nice. Nice. In Florida, you can pick which one you want. Wow. Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. That's what I got, man. Yeah. That's cool. That's really great, man. I tell you, the I did the most risky thing I did aside from going out and getting the vaccine is I went and got a tattoo over the weekend. So I sat in a place in a tattoo shop for two hours, hour and a half. And I felt really weird about it. Well, you're vaccinated, I suppose. So I'm, why not? I, I mean, the door was open. I'm vaccinated. The guy was vaccinated. It's a small space, and there were there were no limitations for how many people could be in there. Everyone was wearing a mask. I was actually double masked, so you know I was about as safe as I could be. But it was definitely something that is like not in the realm of what I would normally be doing. You know what I mean? But it it felt like it was just time to. I'm vaccinated. He's vaccinated. Sure. Like, yeah. We're, like, well, we're fine. I feel like that first time you take a step yeah always feels a little odd yeah after so long yeah uh but you know what doesn't feel odd jeremy moon boots ipa which is the latest 21st amendment beer a west coast ipa brewed with strawberries and hopped with azaka citra cryo and mosaic hops moon boots ipa was designed and created by an all-woman team at 21st amendment brewery and in partnership with the pink boots society which advocates for the advancement of women in the beverage industry the label for Moon Boots IPA features the beer's creators envisioned as otherworldly beings and was commissioned by renowned Los Angeles-based animation artist Robin Eisenberg. Moon Boots IPA is a very limited release and available across the country at your favorite local good beer shop where 21st Amendment beer is sold. And while we're talking about selling things, I'm wearing our brand new Tomorrowland t-shirt, Jeremy. What do you think? Looks good, huh? Well, it's Tomorrowland it. in the sh- in the style of Adventureland. That's correct. The old Adventureland sign. Um, and uh, I've, I'm happy to announce that I finally got these made. And they are for sale on our Etsy page, uh, which is the Coviers Etsy page, which I probably just changed the ears up. I should change the name. But it's Etsy.com slash shop slash Coviers. You can get yours today um, to help support the show. And also, you know, in the back of my mind, just to sort of like irritate super diehard Disney fans. I just, I want to be... I want people to double take when they when they look at this. Like, wait, what? Like a cake that looks like a spoon. I hate that. I hate yeah. cakes that look like things that they're not supposed to be. I know, and which is why I'm really excited to wear this shirt out in public. <laughs> well, a cake that looks like a spoon doesn't bother me, but a cake that looks like a hamburger or a taco, that annoys me. Sure, yeah, anything. Well, especially if someone goes, here, have a bite of this taco. <laughs> Which I feel right. like this I'm shirt like, more sort of like is, you know, going that far. But uh, I don't know. I think it's funny. So if you guys like it, please buy it. And it will encourage me to do another version. So Well, that. yeah, I was going to say, are there other plans? Do you have anything else brainstorming like a, a California Adventure logo in the font of Epcot or something like that? <laughs> I do have I do have something brewing uh, that I might just do anyway. Uh, it does have to do with an Epcot logo for sure. And that's all I'm going to say. Wow, leaving that? us hanging here. Yeah, that's what I do, man. Suspense. Speaking of Epcot, the construction at Epcot creeps ever forward. We did have some new updates and reveals this past week as the large investment Disney is making in Epcot slowly inches its way to completion. Uh, guests on Friday were treated to the very first views of a section of the new exterior lighting package being installed on Spaceship Earth. Dubbed the points of light, the lighting fixtures being installed at points all around the iconic geodesic sphere known as Spaceship Earth will create a grid across its Alucobon panels at night in what is meant to evoke the ideas of connection and communication. 
while some fans are looking forward to the lighting enhancements at night, others have lamented their presence on Spaceship Earth, likening their appearance to the as seen on TV gimmick, the tap light. Have you ever seen the tap light? Uh, yeah, where you just touch the light. It's like that big round white thing and you just tap in. It comes yeah. On. Yeah. That's what they look like. <laughs> awesome. All over. That sounds great, man. It doesn't sound great at all, actually. <laughs> let me con- let me correct you. Oh, okay. Uh, if actually, I've seen some photos this week from a distance. They are almost, you almost can't see them. But up close, it looks like Spaceship Earth has braces. <laughs> <laughs> well, really look, annoying man. to me. Yeah. Uh, the new lighting package is expected to debut at least by October 1st, which is Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. Over in what used to be known as Innoventions, uh, Disney this week revealed the concept art for the park's Keystone retail space, formerly known as Mouse Gear. Uh, the new retail concept located in the renovated Mouse Gear space will be known as Creation Creations Shop. Creations Shop? Mm-hmm. That's easy to say. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't tried to say it out loud until just now. It didn't go very well. Yeah. According to the Disney Parks blog, it will feature a bold, sleek design that create that create the performance. <laughs> Why don't you start over so I don't have to chop this up when I edit? You, it doesn't matter. You can't chop it up. I don't know what I typed. It makes no sense. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. It will show a place to showcase the rich variety of items you will find as part of your Epcot experience. The concept art then shows a selection of mouse ears, plush, Epcot tees, and thermoses. <laughs> it's like this is some crazy new retail concept at Epcot, and they're selling the same crap they hawk in the Emporium, in the world of Disney Store. Every other store has this stuff. <laughs> So I don't really think it's a bold idea. Users mm. took to social media to express their opinions, as they are uh, Disney fans tend to do. Yep. Uh, with one user calling the concept the very first in part Coles, which I think <laughs> is kind of cool. That's pretty funny. At Hope Writes Stuff replied to Disney Parks and said, "There's always time to delete this tweet. <laughs> we get it. COVID killed the Epcot Reno. Please don't rub it in our noses." Mm. Uh, Brian Sakurai wrote bland, repulsive, insulting, basically modern Disney in a nutshell. Insulting. (laughs) I'm so insulted by this retail space that I don't have to go into at all. (laughs) I could literally never see this ever, but I'm, I'm repulsed by it. Yeah. I I definitely don't find it insulting. Insulting, I guess I could find it bland sure one of their adjectives yeah and finally at forever costanza which surprisingly (laughs) is not me oh man said it looks like a mall food court lazy and uninspired garbage this is the reign of cheapak oh i you can't blame him this this thing reno was probably on the books for a while well he could have scaled back but i do i agree i mean i think Look, he's not designing the shop. I know. Can you imagine he's in his wine cellar just sketching out the way that the tumbler mugs should be looking on the shelf? No. Right. Like, he's just not that. People people have no clue what goes on. I mean, I would would honestly be surprised if he even knew about how it looks. The wheels are in motion. It's another friggin' department. Like, leave the poor guy alone. If there's a problem with the rollout, then he probably gets involved, and he, I'm sure he knows what's happening, and maybe he saw artwork and was like, okay, who, who is he to go? Nope, I'm not, we're not going to do that. We're going to totally renovate the renovation. We're going to change everything up. The whole entire staff that works on this, all that money wasted, we're going to redo it because I think it might not look good. Like, he's not going to do that. Right. I, I agree, but someone should be overseeing it. And I think this is the central retail location. This is your yeah. flagship retail location in this park. Your third oldest park in the world. Your first oldest that's not a Magic Kingdom style park. It's Epcot. It's world renowned. Either take some ownership for it or make sure you're delegating it to the right people who are going to take some ownership for it and make sure that it doesn't look like a Coles. 
Well, you have that. You someone has to have that responsibility, and he is the CEO. And ultimately, I do think the buck stops with him. But yes. I don't think he's the one designing it, or you no. know what I mean. So I think he should be. Is he approving it? Who is he entrusting to improve it or well, approve it? So, but you're you know. you're assuming that he thinks it looks bad. So that's the problem. If you hand the keys to somebody and they go, you should be overseeing this, and then they go, okay, I'm overseeing this. I think it looks fine. The committee wants to do it this way. This is the way we shopped it up. At the, my team of 10 designers thinks this looks good. Who am I to say, no, I think it looks okay. Fine. There you go. I mean, you know what I mean? He's not going to override anybody's uh, creativity because it, he, you know what I mean? Like the assumption is that he, that he would know if it looks bad or not. So he could have overseen it. He could have rubber stamped it. Like, I think this looks fine. Is it ultimately his fault? I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do on a team? Like, imagine if I listened to every Supreme Resort show and then um, and then said, you know what? I'm not going to put this one out. Redo this show. You know, it just I don't know, man. It is what it is. That's not your management style. Style. You could do that. I could, but then I would not very quickly would not have a show. They would. They. I mean, and rightfully so. You're paying these people to be creative. You do the thing. You see. You put their idea out there. And see what happens. Clearly, people don't like it. Well, he's not going to know that in advance. You know what I mean? But there's, you have to have a. If you're set, if you're leading a company, you have to yeah. set a vision. And if you're maybe, maybe absolutely, it might be that this is the vision for Epcot: yeah. a bland, Kohl's-looking <laughs> store. Yeah. If I were running Epcot, what would you do? I wouldn't put the same merchandise that's in every other retail shop no to me it should be like a museum store i want to buy like i don't know moon rocks like you know weird technology things stuff that you know like so, you know how like museum stores sell all that i don't know crap so you want to turn well, it like into a crap you want to turn it into the sharper image you want to have a brookstone and a sharper image in there something not not really no, those two but i know what you mean like like little kinetic moving things or whatever yes yeah. exactly i know or it doesn't even have to be the whole thing but like sell something there's they're they're talking about how this is some this is the other thing the verbiage of this article describes it as a creative experience a new retail concept mm-hmm. and then the concept art is mouse ears thermoses and a T-shirt that says Epcot across the front, and this is you know. So then there's people who are saying, "Oh well, you know, it's just concept. Don't judge art, it. It's yeah. just concept art. Right? We're judging everything. People people tweet at me. They're like, you're judging the the barges. If Disney doesn't want to be judged, quit putting it in my face before it's done. Well, so how are they gonna? And I I'm not saying you're wrong, but how are they supposed to put in in concept art? Put in retail things like these little toys or whatever when they don't have they're just designing a shopping space they don't know what they're going to be selling there so they just put stuff in there it's just but a whole concept place. is to make a new retail concept talk to the retail guys and be like what are you planning on merchandising this with maybe they don't know why don't they know i don't know but I'm, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. should. No, I, I work. So I work in retail. I agree. You can't design a physical space without knowing what you're selling in it. You have to. They go hand in hand. I agree. And I, I, I th- back to the point though is really I, I, that lady's tweet about like this is the reign of Chapek. It's not. It's just calm down. It's not Chapek's fault. Sure, he has ownership of it because he's the whatever. But like, I don't know. I, I think Imagineers get all the praise for cool stuff, and then anything that sucks goes right to the head of the company. <laughs> it's just like, why isn't Chapek getting praise for anything else positive that's happening? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's stuff like that. It's weird. Well, not me. I have taken down Imagineering as many more times <laughs> than I can imagine. I have I have berated them. I have tweeted at them. I've gone on lengthy diatribes here. True. I am perfectly willing to hold Im- Imagineering or lack thereof's feet to the fire. Um, for what's going on, but let's let's praise Chapek every once in a while. That's all I'm saying. If well, there's if there's you. something cool that that it happens, this is the reign of Chapek. A cool well, thing. Let's let's praise him right now because all right. also part of the announcements for creations was news that made classic Epcot fans quite happy. So good job, Chapek. Disney announced alongside the creation shop, Club Cool will oh, be returning. That sounds awesome. What's Club Cool? Club Cool is the fan favorite Coca-Cola sponsored soda fountain that offers up free samples of various types of soda from around the world. Oh. Um, through the years, the Italian pop beverage 
Beverly, with its tart taste, became an unlikely favorite of experienced Epcot guests who would foist the bitter beverage on their unsuspecting friends only to watch them squirm or spit it out. So this disgusting uh, Beverly soda has uh, become quite popular. It's um, infamous. Okay. All right. Um, And it's coming back and people are rejoicing. So thank you. Chapek, thank you. You are doing it. It's a vision. This is the reign of Chapek. This is the reign of Chapek. <laughs> we give you barges and we give you bitter tasting soda. You are Look. welcome, Disney fans. So Club Cool coming back. We have we have barges. Spaceship Earth now has braces, and we can drink bitter soda. That's right. Just like Bev. Bitter as Beverly. She's bitter. Yeah, she is. Well, here we go, Jeremy. There's a big Disneyland update for you. We have two big pieces of news coming out of the parks, and they both involve the Haunted Mansion. Number one, it will be open when the park reopens on April 30th, which is sort of shocking to me, seeing as it's all indoors. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, Number two, there will be a few new things to look at when we finally do get back to Anaheim. Announced yesterday on the Disney Parks blog, Imagineers have been busy giving the stately mansion a little TLC. And at first, I was skeptical because it's hard to hear about any changes to this ride. It's my favorite place in the parks, and I really, really don't want it to be broken. But so far, the changes that have been announced seem pretty okay, and I feel uncomfortable saying that. Along the queue outside, there seems to be more cool-looking plants in the pet graveyard, like lily pads where the little frog statue is, and something called Society Garlic, which is uh, next to where the little skunk statue is. Uh, which probably smells like money and pomade, I would imagine. Society garlic, that's my joke. Um, As well as some new tombstones, giving that area a little bit more to look at. In the hallway that connects the bottom of the elevator to the ghost mobiles, we have a few new artifacts to take in. There are new window treatments at the tops of the windows there on the left, and new drapery adorned the exit of the hallway, if there is such a thing. On your way to the exit of the hallway, as you reach the two statues that follow you, you hang a right, and you come across these elegant room dividers instead of just seeing the loading area right there on the left-hand side. On the right of that, you now you used to see uh, like a large planter made to look like concrete or something like that, and then next to it was a large candelabra, and that whole area was sort of draped in cobwebs. I, I tried to find like walkthrough videos of this space to compare the way it looks now the way in the way it looked before but it's really hard because a lot of people actually edit that transition period out in their videos so they right. they go and they like first of all i don't know <laughs> it's whatever get a, a handheld jib or something like that if you're going to take videos in the park because this wonky like here's this cool effect where these statues follow you but you know the the 45 degree tilt on either side of your video makes me want to throw up um anyway and then they 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 pan suddenly and then it just fades out and then fades into them getting on the ride so there's like the 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 section is like not really represented in any videos which is weird but anyway All that area is gone. That space has been redone to be more in line with the hallway theme. So you have like the extension of that cool wainscoting, you know, like that really dark wood with like the the carved skulls every once in a while, right? Uh, A brand new door. This is the door there hanging out. Wallpaper to match what looks to be new wallpaper throughout the the hallway, though I, I couldn't really tell for sure. And a handful of new candelabras. But the feature of this new space is the return of an older portrait designed by the great Mark Davis himself. April to December is the name, and it features a beautiful woman who slowly ages as the months tick by. This painting was removed in the early 2000s for whatever reason, maybe a certain air quote imagineer was a little too offended by it. Uh, No, actually, it didn't fit in with some of the technical changes the parks made to the other portraits somehow. So they pulled it and people apparently were really upset about it. Uh, This painting is not the original one, but it's a recreation of the original Mark Davis painting. Quote, in April, she's a hot looking item. Davis says, as quoted in the Disney published book, Mark Davis, in his own words, uh, June, it's sexy. In September, she's past her prime, kind of a not attractive lady. But in December, she's had it. Just like it happens to all of us. That's Mark Davis talking. <laughs> I like that. In April, she's a hot-looking item. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> God, man. 
Uh, somewhere in this area is another new addition, a cat statue. But this is not an ordinary cat statue like the ones many, many people have all over their homes. And it's not weird at all to have them or to have as many as I do in all rooms of my house. Uh, <laughs> you don't have cat statues. No, I know. Uh, this cat was part of Exitensio's concept art and featured a red eye and big claws and kind of this weird demonic looking cat. Imagineers wanted to add a bit of X into the show. So they changed this cat into a statue. It has one eye and it's a piercing red like LED light. So it's like a one-eyed cat statue that occasionally will light up. And it's a callback to Exitensio's concept art of having a cat sort of throughout. Other additions have been made to the mansion. For example, in the seance room, there's now a floating chair. And apparently this is a nod to close personal friend of the show, Rolly Crump, whose idea for that room was to have a chair that comes alive. A dollhouse sits in the attic, as well as other trinkets from Constance's husbands of years past. So that's what's going on at the Haunted Mansion. Now, before we wrap this A-plus reporting up, Jeremy, I want to address the hanging man in the tower of the Haunted Mansion. Much has been made about how this imagery evokes a playful theme around suicide, or it's a reference to lynchings in the Old South. And not surprising, there's been some online push to have probably the most important part of the storyline just removed from the ride. After all, that's the body of the ghost host. It perfectly explains how this ghost is talking to us. And never, ever have I ever heard of anyone being scared or offended by this scene except online. Well, Disney has finally admitted that they have thought about changing this scene. And that's about all we're going to get out of them. They haven't said anything they're going to do one way or another. But they have talked about it behind closed doors if they should address this scene or not. So that might actually happen at some point. Um a lot of the changes I've seen online from the Disney Parks blog, it kind of looks cool. Like, I'm not at all upset about it. The It's it's kind of neat that the the new hallway extension really does make the transition to the doom buggies or the ghost mobiles, as uh, you put it, uh, a little bit easier to deal with. It's like because you exit the hallway and it's just everything's black. You know, it's like spray-painted black walls. But now there's more light and there's cool little, you know, things. I like it. And apparently there's even more added into the ride itself, but nobody's saying anything about it yet. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's great. I think uh, anything yeah. you can do to improve Disneyland's Haunted Mansion is probably a good thing. Yep. You know, wow. it lost on Whatever. the Supreme Resort. So Whatever. I do think, you know, that's great that you guys can kind of plus it up a bit out there. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm 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 okay with it. I'm all right with it. So there's a video that Disney Parks blog released, and you know it takes you through some of these places that I've talked about, like the hallway, and you know showing some of this stuff. But the intro to the video is like, you know, here's the the outside of the mansion, and they have like you know lightning effects and whatever. And then there's voiceover, and I want you to listen to this voiceover because it's the <laughs> oh, most it's about. the most frightening voiceover in the entire universe. It's the most lackluster, <laughs> pathetic. I heard it. It's so bad. Although you mortals have been away, the ghosts of the haunted mansion haven't gone anywhere. In fact, they've kept busy doing some haunted home improvements. First of all, back away from the microphone with your wet mouth. This is not ASMR, dude. Jiminy. Are you talking to me? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking to the lady. No, but listen, it sounds like when you went to, you know, when you were in like kindergarten and you'd go to the library in, in elementary <laughs> school and she and like the librarian would read to you. Yeah, that's what this is. And yeah, it's just like sure. eh, we're all sitting there like, what is, what is this? This is Kim Irvine, by the way, folks. No, it's not. Is this her voice? It sounds like it. I think it is. I think it's Kim Irvine. This is why this is why I'm totally making fun. I mean, I would have made it fun in any way, but it's um, it's Kim. I was talking to my, I was texting my friend. I was like, "Wow, he listened to this video." And he goes, "Yeah, that narration." And you know, I go, "Oh my god, I think it's Kim Irvine." And and he goes, uh, "Yeah, well, look, at least there's not pastel curtains everywhere." So there's that. But uh, let's continue. Have done some gardening, you'll see, <laughs> including a few new tales of tragedy for our beloved companions along with some hair-raising new horticulture. I love puns! 
Be sure to pay these dear pets a visit upon your return. What does that mean, dear pets? As you head through the portrait hallway, you may notice some redecorating. You may notice some (laughs) redecorating. to show guests their handiwork. Get it? Dying. The spirits are dying. They're already dead! How are they dying? (laughs) Who's writing this? I love that organ. Oh, what a frightfully fun surprise. (laughs) I wonder where she's been hanging around all this time. Oh, hanging around all this time. Let's emphasize the joke. That'd be fun. A few more enhancements may have materialized. So you'll just have to see for yourself. <laughs> see for yourself. <laughs> okay, this has been Jan, your tour guide. Bye-bye. <sighs> it's so it's so bad. It's awful. This is the problem when the imagineers become the stars. That this is the hubris. They think that they are. <laughs> they think the story is about them. Now they're. She's been on TV too many times. She's been in these videos too many times. Now she thinks she can do this narration, and we're all sitting here like, "Can you go away? Can you just? It's stop terrible. It? Yeah. It's so. It's so like sleepy and just like you have the voice talent of all of the park announcers. You could probably get like. Any any voice talent you want, but you're gonna pull out Kim Irvine, and which, I mean I think she like oversaw the like the updates or whatever. Which I'm actually really surprised that it looks as good as it does. So uh, this is the reign of Chapek. But like, who thinks that you have the voice talent to do? Like, what is this? This is so. You know what's even worse? So uh, Disneyland has a TikTok channel. You know, you know, oh, God. Yes, they do. They have a TikTok channel. So here's the audio from the TikTok. And it's 28 seconds, so don't worry about it. Or 23. But listen to this. This is just... Whatever. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the haunted mansion where there's new magic in store. <laughs> no. First of all... That's not her. No, That's it's not. Point. No, it's just some other, some other oh. kid. But it's just like, welcome, foolish mortals. <laughs> oh, you find new drapes, carpet, and wallpaper... The real chills come later. Turn the corner to see a new portrait that's materialized. Called April to December, she's been waiting to rejoin the wall-to-wall creeps. And this one-eyed cat? Well, that's a tale for another time. Hurry back. Welcome, foolish world. It's just, I don't know, man. Everything's so funky and dumb. I don't like it. The thing with Kim Irvine is there's no one there to tell her not to do it. Right. Right. You know, she's the one. It's like, um, Jefferson Casino. Yeah. When Robert De Niro is like really starting to lose it and like he decides to have his own TV show. Yeah. And they're all like, oh, yeah. this isn't a good idea. And then he goes <laughs> on and he tries to juggle and it's just like, no, but like no one can tell him no because he's Robert De Niro and he owns the casino. Right. This Kim Irvine, she's Robert De Niro only with no talent. <laughs> and she doesn't own anything. She doesn't know anything. They just can't it's get really rid of her. It's really bad. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. I was actually very surprised that this is what they released officially to announce the changes of the of the Haunted Mansion. Anyway. Um, Especially considering, like, I mean, I'm sure she's listened to this show. She didn't hear me read the 21st Amendment thing. Like, <laughs> I can't believe someone didn't say, like, hey, there's a voice talent. Me too, honestly. It's weird. It is weird. Because we know, I've, I've traced her IP. I know for a fact that she, all she does is listen to this show. She just got it on loop. Yeah, one nine two dot six zero dot. I don't know, man. Whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, in other Disneyland news, Jeremy Avengers Campus finally has an opening date, June fourth, which really should have been July fourth. But what do I know? I mean, how do you not? How do you not play into uh, you know Independence Day and the Avengers are saving the world? And uh, it seems a natural fit, but. That's me. Uh, the featured attraction here is the Spider-Man ride called Web Slingers, which cast members have already been riding, apparently. The area will also showcase that stunt robot that we talked about some time ago on this show, performing aerial feats of coolness 60 feet above the ground. Plus, and I'm probably more excited about this than anything, there's a shawarma cart on campus, so you can catch me there, friends. If you ever want to find me at the Avengers campus, I'll be eating shawarma. What is shawarma? Shawarma is like a gyro, but without the tzatziki sauce. It's just like sh- like shaved, like ro- you know, the roasted meat on a spit. 
and they shave sure. it off real thin and they put a bunch of veggies on there and a pita and you eat it and it's, you know can be sloppy or not sloppy. Um, but it doesn't come with any tzatziki? No. That would make it a gyro. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> well, look, man, you can make your own at home and bring it. Okay. <laughs> um, also, last but not least, ticket prices have moved into a five-tier system, replacing the old busted three-tier system. You'd think Californians would be tired of hearing about tiers by now, but here we are. Uh, tiers are based on dates, so pricing will be fairly fluid. And uh, you have five different levels of, uh, of pricing now, which can vary quite uh, you know, a, a lot, honestly. Uh, I was sort of surprised. A one-day adult park hopper in Tier 1 is 159 A one-day Tier 5 adult park hopper is 209 Whoa, is this the first time we've broken the 200 mark? I, I want to say yes. I don't know. Um, for an adult Let's park hopper, <laughs> adult park hopper for five day. So that so that's just for the one day, two day, three day, four day, five days aren't tiered. It's just your one day tickets are tiered, which I guess makes a little more sense. But for five day ticket, adult park hopper four fifteen. Oh, that's a steal. Child park hopper three ninety five. Ah. For five day ticket, is it really? That's great. I mean, you get like two days for free, quote unquote, or a day and a half or whatever. But uh, well, versus two oh nine for one. Um, the at, more well, you play, the more you save per day. It sounds to me. Well, that's uh, two oh nine at tier five. So you're probably talking Thanksgiving and Christmas times, and you know stuff like that. Right. Okay. Um, but of course, all of your uh, ticket needs. You know, you guys go to concert years. Don't go to the park. That's it. That is all I got, my friend. All right. Well, this is a lot of news for tonight. I know. We did pretty good, huh? Well, we did it. <laughs> we didn't do we pretty good? We definitely said what the news was. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, Jeremy, thanks a lot for doing the show. Shit. Really appreciate it. Everyone go to uh, Etsy.com slash shop slash covers. Grab the new Tomorrowland Adventureland uh, t-shirt, which I think I call adventure into Tomorrowland, but I don't know, whatever. Anyway, it's up there for you. I also turned it into a mask. So that's cool. And then I found out that the masks on Etsy um, have a have a pocket for filters. And I did oh. not know that. Yeah, that's great. You can buy the removable filters and they change. I don't know if this is exactly the thing, but they change color and tell you when they're done. Oh, I, I've Just never like even heard of those. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, All right, everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And until next time, we'll see you in the parks.